Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and it's a pleasure to be here today. And what I'm going to do in this podcast, and we're going to title it Coronary Artery Anatomy, and this will be a challenge for us. So what I'm going to try to do is uh, use some of the pearls I worked on this past month regarding coronary artery anatomy and try to explain to you the anatomy of the coronary vessels, the key anatomy, but do it without pictures. We're working on an atlas and uh, a few other exciting endeavors, but let's see if we can describe it to you. So I'll do some of it in question form. So the first question I can ask you is, what do you mean by the dominant coronary artery? Well, what we define that is as the... uh, artery that gives rise to the posterior descending coronary artery is considered the dominant coronary artery. Statistically, 85% of the time, it's the right coronary. 7% of the time or 8% of the time, it's a left circumflex. And in about 7 to 8%, it's both the right coronary and left circumflex. So it's a co-dominant situation or co-dominance. Let's look at the individual coronary arteries and let's start with the right coronary artery. As you know, it arises from the right uh, anterior coronary sinus. When we look at the coronary, it's best seen at about 30% typically of the R interval. But when we look at the right coronary, the first branch is typically the conus artery. The second branch is the sinoatrial node artery. The acute marginal branch arises at the junction of the middle and distal thirds of the right coronary. And then the fourth vessel you have to remember is that the distal RCA branches typically into the posterior descending coronary artery when there's right dominant circulation and a posterior ventricular branch. So that's kind of simple. First vessel, conus. Second vessel, sinoatrial node artery. Mid-portion, acute marginal branches. And then the distally, the posterior descending coronary artery and a posterior ventricular branch. Okay? Okay, that's the right coronary. Now let's do the left coronary artery. The left coronary artery, the main coronary, arises from the left posterior coronary sinus. Typically, it bifurcates into the left anterior descending, or LAD, and circumflex coronary arteries, though sometimes it trifurcates with the third vessel, that intermediate vessel, being the ramus intermedius. Okay, that's nice and easy. When you look at the left anterior descending, let's look at that. That's the key vessel we always look at. Typically, 60 to 70% of the RR interval shows it well on a cardiac CT. Branches of the LAD include the agonal branches and the septal branches. The circumflex coronary, which is often the most difficult to visualize, uh, branches provide the obtuse marginal branches. Again, off the circumflex, you can see the posterior descending coronary artery in the 7 to 8% of cases where it's a left uh, dominant circulation. Okay, so again, so we're thinking now left coronary, bifurcation or trifurcation. Then the LAD gives diagonals and septals, and circumflex gives the obtuse marginals. Okay, now what about anomalies? Anomalies occur in about uh, 1% of the population in terms of variations. And it's interesting, it's one of the real strengths of CT because coronary angiography in the classic sense sees only about 50% of these cases. There are many ways to think about anomalies. You can think about them as origin anomalies, anomalies of course, and anomalies of termination. And classically, if we look at uh, some of these things that um, 
the key ones can also be divided into hemodynamically significant and those that are not hemodynamically significant. The classically significant anomalies is the anomalous origin of either the left coronary or right coronary from the pulmonary artery. That's a real bad one. An anomalous course of the right coronary or left coronary that tracks between the pulmonary artery and the aorta. Again, think compressive forces, think athletics, think sudden death. The right coronary arising from the left sinus, left coronary arising from the right sinus, or congenital coronary artery anomalies. Now, there are other variations. There's a high takeoff of the coronary where the left coronary or right arises off the aorta above the typical junctional zone of the coronary sinus, but that typically is not a problem. We can see multiple ostia where the LAD and circumflex or the right coronary and conus arise separately, directly off the aorta. Kind of reminds you of the celiac bifurcating into hepatic and splenic, and sometimes hepatic and splenic arising directly off the aorta. With separate origins for the circumflex and LAD, for example, there is no left main coronary artery. Okay, so that's something to remember. There's also anomalies where there's a single coronary artery where a single coronary arises from one ostium and then may divide into the normal LCA and RCA or may have an unusual configuration. Of course, when you have a single coronary, if you have disease in that vessel, it can be real serous. If you don't know what serous is, uh, you have to find out, but I can't tell you. It's a trade secret. Um, the, the rare coronary artery arising off the pulmonary artery, that usually presents in infancy or childhood, Untreated, 90% fatality. The most common anomaly has the LCA arising from the pulmonary artery. There's a syndrome that goes along with this. Those of you who like syndromes, the bland white garland syndrome where the left coronary arises from the pulmonary artery and the right coronary arises in a normal location. Great syndrome. Um, there are also anomalies where the coronary arises from the opposite or non-coronary sinus. There are four possibilities. RCA from the left coronary sinus, LCA from the right coronary sinus, the circumflex or LAD from the right coronary sinus, or the LCA or RCA arising from the non-coronary sinus. So there are many, many variations. Again, it makes the point that when you do a cardiac CTA, one of the things you want to do at first is localize the coronary arteries. Now, people describe the course of the anomalous vessel Interatrial is when it goes between the aorta and pulmonary artery. That's the ones you really have to worry about because in that situation, uh, you will get compression and you can get sudden death. We also talk about beyond the interatrial to retroaortic and prepulmonic and, and septal. But again, intraatrial is the one you want to think about. Now, in terms of some of the variations with interatrial, one is that right coronary arises from the left sinus, has an interatrial course, and an up to 30% sudden death rate, typically during exercise. And another one would be the LCA off the right sinus. And this one, in about 75% of the cases, is in that interatrial course. There are other things I could speak about, but if I speak about any more things, you may just explode. So we'll leave some of the other things, myocardial bridging, coronary artery fistulae, some of those things we're going to leave for another time. So hopefully this will help. This might be one of those things you need to replay. 
And I do agree, images would be great. So we will get to them. I will tell you there's a, a number of pearls written in this month, which is May's uh, CT is Us, and I'll be in the coronary section. You'll see a lot of this information. There are two really good articles, one by DATA, D-A-T-T-A in Radiology 2005, page A12, and one by Kim and Associates in Radiographics 2006, page 317-334. With that, I'll wish you a uh, pleasant day. And let us know how you like your anatomy and if this indeed does help you. Have a nice day. Thanks a lot for your attention.